Welcome to another distinct nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mercy Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. We're continuing our celebrations of all things Coronation Street in the run-up to Corrie's big 60th birthday now on Distinct Nostalgia. And since the 70s, the factory has been a big part of Corrie. Back then it was Baldwin's Casuals with Ivy, a shop steward, and loudmouthed Vera and sidekick Ida on the machines. Hilda did the cleaning and even Emily had a job as Mike's secretary. Since then, the owners have changed several times, but the staff have remained a right gobby lot. In later years, those doing the shouting have included Vicky Entwistle as Janice Battersby, Anthony Cotton as Sean, recently Lisa George as Beth, and in the early to mid-2000s, Tupeli Dorgu as Kelly Crabtree. Kelly was a real feisty character, which meant she fitted in very well in the factory. Landing a role in Coronation Street was a dream come true for Tupeli, who, like most of us in the North, had grown up watching the show. She's been chatting to Ashley about her time on the street and began by listing the big names who'd kept her enthralled when she was growing up. Audrey, Ivy... Don Brennan, all of those kind of people, Mike Baldwin, you know, really like full on characters. Um, Alma, oh, I used to love Alma Sedgwick. I used to absolutely love her. Um, oh, all all the these characters. Fantastic actress, isn't she? Yeah, she? yeah, isn't she incredible? Yeah. Um, oh, so many. And then when near the time, I think when I joined, the Factory Girls were quite a big part of the show when they were like unforgettable Karen McDonald was one of my favorite um roles actually in the show and Janice Battersby so yeah yeah yeah, I think particularly female characters have always stood out for me take us back to your time in the street so how did you get (laughs) the part and what did they actually tell you about Kelly and what kind of person she was so I'd often said to my I was living in London I said to my agent look can you get me a general with Coronation Street I'm from Preston and I'm, you know, if I go up and visit my mom, uh, whatever, you know, it'd be great to go up and, you know, spend a few days there and, and get an audition. Anyway, I remember phoning me up. I was working at Chiquito's in Leicester Square and I got a call saying, right, you're, you're for this part, um, they want to see you, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, right, what's it for? And she was like, Coronation Street. And I was like, <gasps> right, wow, okay. And it was actually, I was going up to see my mum for Mother's Day. So we managed to tie in the two, as I'd said. And um, they didn't have any script. They just had this idea of a character. So they gave me Karen McDonald's script and they asked me to read her stuff. So I went and it was great. And it was kind of the opportunity I'd wanted. You know, I thought my agent had just phoned up and said, can you just see her on the off chance? I didn't know there was an actual part. Yeah, and it was, it, yeah, it was bizarre. It, was, it went fine. You never know, really. They don't ever give you that much of an inkling. And then um, I remember they called me back. I think, I think I just went back again and they said that they want to, you know, put you in front of a camera and there'll be a director directing the scene. You'll be reading with somebody else. Um, and I was reading with Vicky Entwistle, who plays Janice Battersby. So she was seeing all those girls then and um, that were up for the part. And it was in not the Rovers, but the other one. I can't remember the name of it. The other pub they always referred to. And there's, I think it was a big mosaic of David Beckham on the wall. And it was just so bizarre. And I was so green and I didn't know what to expect. I'd done a little bit of TV before. But yeah, and the director asked me some kind of questions and I was like, uh, what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd learned it and I knew what I was doing. And so it, it went as good as it could have done. Um, yeah, and then and that was it really. And it was just life-changing. And I remember my agent at the time, I was renting a room in my friend's house. And as I said, I was 
teaching a Saturday school. I was working at Chiquitos in Leicester Square and somewhere else. I was just constantly working. I was knackered and I was skint. And my agent said, um, you've got it. Get ready to be famous. And I was like, oh, my God. It was, it's, I think it took years to sink in. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, the character you were taking on board was always going to be feisty, wasn't she? Yeah, the yeah. The idea, wasn't it? What were, you, what were you told about her? I mean, and did you, did you feel comfortable in that part? And was it something yeah. you were used to doing? I mean, yeah, you know, it, was. it was. I was always like the loud friend, you know, quite kind of brash and out there and the person that would be like speaking for everybody else. Hang on a minute. So that was, they're, they're the sort of characters I like playing and I trained in musical theatre. So I sang and I danced and I was, you know, like the centre stage. That was kind of where I wanted to be. Um, so to have somebody that was, uh, the outfits were great. We used to go, what have we got today? Give me a yellow jacket with red pants and, you know, and blue earrings. And it would just be car crash. Oh, it was wonderful. I loved it. That was one of the best parts of the job. And um, every day, what have you got? What have you got for me? And I'm like, this is a bit sensible. A beige, beige top. So yeah, it was great. I was so excited to be able to play somebody like that. And she grew and grew. I remember I did a photo shoot on the street um, sort of like the blind launching this new character and I look back at the uh, the pictures and it was very muted makeup you know my hair was quite sort of sensible and there was no kind of character in there you know I hadn't even started really um but she just grew and grew and it got more and more sort of outrageous and she got more cheeky and oh she was just so much fun she was ace can you remember your first day actually on set yeah I think I had an early call, so I was probably in at seven-ish or something. And my first scene that I ever, ever filmed, obviously not all scenes get filmed in order. So the first scene I filmed was in the cabin with Dev and Sunita. I think I was going in for some milk and I was like, can I find a milk? And then I think I actually opened the milk and I actually drank it in the shop. And they kind of looked at me as like, who is this girl? And that kind of epitomized Kelly. I think like from the get-go, you're like, she's a bit weird. <laughs> she's a bit different do you know what I mean you want to watch that one and then my very first scene was um they kind of had this idea that pretend that I've always been there going oh Kelly is she leaving do and Kelly was leaving to get married and so I had a scene on the cobbles with the girls but I remember I'd been up and I'd been so sort of excited that um while I was waiting obviously I have a couple of hours off I fell asleep in the green room I was so tired and I was so exhausted and I was thinking you know because I worked I'd worked before so I know it wasn't the worst thing you do I mean falling asleep at work it's not it's not really the done thing but luckily when you're um when you're shooting when you're not shooting you you, you can just fall asleep I was absolutely shattered <laughs> so you woke up and had to just get on with it yeah and, and oh I'm at Coronation Street right okay yeah, I remember being just so exhausted because I think I had so much adrenaline and I was like, yeah. Now, the chemistry, of course, was really important, wasn't it, between the factory girls? As you say, yeah. at that particular point, um, the factory girls were really... And Janice, of course, was one of the, one of the main ones. Yeah. They were all a bit gobby, weren't they, basically? Yeah, all that completely different. Here, I always compare us to the Raggy Dolls or, you know what I mean, some, some kind of uh, a TV show where you've got every different kind of character and... Um, yeah, we were all kinds of, had all sorts of things about us. Like my mum said, was an arse and elbow about you. So yeah, we all had our issues. And actually, sometimes I think to myself, you know, if they were to do a Coronation Street spin-off, I know they did a few back in the early 90s, didn't they? Yeah. They could have done one just with the factory girls, couldn't they? Oh, you know I mean? yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Even just in the factory, they wouldn't have had to be going on a day trip. No one would have had to die. 
you know, they could literally just be doing a day of sewing and boxing knickers and yeah, it would have been great. We've had, we had some amazing times in that factory. What was your biggest sort of shock or surprise when you first went on the street? I, mean- I just, I just think all of it, you, like I, one of the first things I remember thinking was, oh, Tracy Barlow's dead nice. Like she's, she's nothing, Kate Ford is nothing like Tracy Barlow. And obviously I'd watched it and she was, oh, that Tracy Barlow. Do you know what I mean? And she kind of came on, she went, hi, you knew. And I'm like, oh, Tracy Barlow's talking to me. And you just, for, for a while, you are just staring at the person going, I've never sat this close to my TV screen before. You look really different and you, you know. So it was a lot of that for days and days, people coming up and introducing themselves and you're like, this is so weird. So you have that just in waves constantly. Um, And everything was a bit smaller. I remember you go into the house, there's a front of the house, you open the door and it's literally tarmac and a couple of shelves and there there isn't, the stairs go up to a ceiling, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, that was really fascinating. And just walking around all the sets and the couches are really small and how everything was mini and how it, it, um, it just doesn't, doesn't look like that on TV. Um, and then, of course, the day my first episode was aired, I was walking down the street. I remember I was walking down to go to work. Um, I was walking down Key Street and then um, somebody stopped me and they were like, you, oh, you were in Corrie, weren't you? And that was it. Bang. Every day, everywhere I went, constantly that and that was the biggest like shock in a way because you think oh people recognize me but you don't realize to the extent and the how it's like woof a massive wave do you think you were ready for that no no I was about 26 27 and um yeah because at the time you know I'm at age where like I say I was went in a room in my friend's house I was doing all these little jobs in between acting I'd never had anything I'd never you know I'd never I'd been abroad a little bit, you know, I'd not, I'd not, I didn't have money. I hadn't, I hadn't done anything really. And so to have all these opportunities and everything thrust at you, it's like, whoa. But I think at the same time, you're still trying to work out who you are and fit into this life when, you know, I wasn't married with kids and a house, you know, and like, this is who I am. You're very much like, Ooh, what am I doing? Who am I? And, and that, so that was really strange trying to kind of balance who you are and what you want to do with kind of what's expected from you from peers and public and things. Um, were, there other, were, there other, were there other people who came into it similar time to you? Were, you? were there people you could sort of share this new experience with? Or were you suddenly, were you just a, what, a new one at that I, time? Or? Yeah, I felt like I was a little bit. Um, and also I was a little bit older than the, the younger girls, like Tina O'Brien and, um, and, and people that age, Samia and Nikki. And, and then I was sort of like a bit, a bit younger than sort of like, you know, Julie hesman Halsh and Sally Witt and people like that. Sally Dinover, sorry. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit like, oh, where am I? What, what are we doing? It was a bit, it was a bit sort of strange did, did for me. Did anybody take um, you over the wing um, to help you along? Yeah, I mean, a few people, actually. A few. Bradley Walsh was always lovely to me, always supportive. Julie Hez is always lovely to everybody and, and dead supportive. Um, and became, you know, you become really friendly with all the factory girls and stuff. And, and a few of the other characters that you, you don't, you don't realise you can spend years there and not work, not do one scene with certain people. Um, I remember Betty being really encouraging and nice to me. She'd heard me sing at a charity do and she said, you've got a really great voice and, you know, things like that. And, and, and just a little couple of words of encouragement. Bev Callard is always very, you know, 
pleasant and encouraging and lots of lots of people um you know but um I found my feet pretty soon on in the factory I think coming soon to distinct nostalgia do you want a cup of tea I'll have half a cup and that caught on yeah that became a kind of catchphrase I think it was the hilarious film of 1999 wasn't anything to do with race or religion or creed or colour it was (laughs) as simple as An art student who thinks he's all free and easy, creating a model of a vagina and showing it to his mum and thinking that that's going to be okay. East is East by Ayub Khan Din broke new ground by portraying a relationship between a British woman and her Asian husband and their mixed-race family growing up in Salford in the early 1970s. A clash of cultures and generations ensues. Oh, frig off and wash your bastard curtains, you dirty cow. And I swear to God, that's one of the best lines I've ever had to say in my life. But the film had a serious side too, tackling both racism and domestic violence. I threw myself and put all my physical strength into trying to stop him, and I couldn't. In Helsinki, they were saying, I can't believe you've made this film. It's incredible because it's showing what life is like for us now. A series of special interviews with Linda Bassett, Leslie Nickel, and Chris Bisson as we mark this classic British film's 21st birthday. It was a great script and it was a timely thing to tell because it hadn't been told before. They've done all sorts of incredible things to transport you back in time to give you an authentic feel of what it was like. East is East at 21. Coming soon to Distinct Nostalgia. Hello and welcome to The Likely Dads, a new series that looks at parenting from the paternal perspective. I'm always wary of people who plan kids. If your life's that structured, stay away from me, we're not going to get on. (laughs) A brand new show from the team behind Distinct Nostalgia. I'm Tim Vincent and each week I'll be joined by my fellow Likely Dads, Mick Ferry and Russell Kane, as well as a series of special guests to discuss different aspects of fatherhood. When a man has an urge to have a a child, it's not spoken about much, women sort of own this area. (laughs) We're sort of open it was going to be like the old films I watched where I'd just have a pipe and I'd be in a study. You just go, you're going to see your father now for ten minutes. <laughs> Hello, children, what have you been up to today? I'm not interested. All right, off to bed. An MIM production for BBC Radio 4. We hope you'll join us and subscribe to The Likely Dads on BBC Sounds. The great thing about your character was, of course, that you had this blend of... Well, you had some serious stories, which we'll talk about in a second for a moment, but... You were, you know, you had a lot of comedy, didn't you? Yeah, I was lucky. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you like that? Is that something you oh, like? yeah. Yeah, because I think that's, that epitomises um, Coronation Street. So it's really, you feel really proud the fact that you can, you can sort of be part of what Coronation Street is about, which is that like dry, northern, real humour. Um, like your Blanche characters. I mean, no one can touch her, really. You know, she was... She was a legend. She was incredible. And, and another really wonderful woman. Um, yeah, it's lovely. And, I, you know, in your head, you kind of think, oh, maybe in like 30, 40 years time, I'll, I'll be like that. You know what I mean? You, you mentioned, of course, uh, that one of the characters you had to work with quite closely because you were in the factory was, of course, um, Janice Batty, played yeah. by Vicky Entwistle. And, yeah. and she were, she's the epitome of the gobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking back at some of those, some of those scenes that you had with her, I miss her a lot. Actually, she's one of those characters I, know. That I think is missed a lot, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't get to watch the show to be honest that much. Um, but yeah, I, I love the banter between um, Janice and Kelly. 
and it was it was always always great you know and always lots of love there um and I love the fact you know she was a lot smaller than me and I was a lot taller and we'd stand next to each other and that's just comedy in itself the pair of us you know and I'm in these stupid heels I'm taller than every single person in that whole factory and clacking down the street and um yeah we really bounced off each other and Kelly and Janice she was a bit sort of um I mean the storyline she was a bit prone to I mean because she was tall and a bit in those high heels and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. She could be a bit sort of accident prone as well, couldn't she? She was one of these characters that yeah. she was going to do something daft or something. Exactly. She, she thought she was glamorous and she thought she had this air of sophistication about her, but she didn't. And she, you know, it was kind of, she just loved dress up really, but you know what I mean? She didn't, she thought she was a bit, a, a bit um, more refined than she was. And that's what, you know, you love about her. So that's what I, I said to, what I said to one of the writers once, I just envisaged this thing where Kelly takes up roller skating and she just clatters into the bar and she's hanging on going, whoa, like this. You know, like the you know the more far fetched the better. Really, absolutely loved it. And any time you did have a scene or I was doing anything, I was trying to make it that she is sort of making more of an effort than she really needs to. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. That was the comedy side of it. I agree. Um, yeah. What about the storylines that you had? I mean, you, you were sort of one of these characters that had you had some big storylines, but a lot of the, some of the time you didn't, did you? You had. You had re not not down. Well, I suppose down periods in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, there was that running thing throughout for quite a long time between you and Craig Charles's character Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing, and you you upset him a bit, didn't you? At one point, there was some some drama, if I remember rightly, between yeah you and Lloyd, and then you, you and you he upset me, and I threw a pint yeah, over him, right. and yeah. And you slept <laughs> with uh, with Steve. Your character. Yeah. Slept with Steve. Who uh, doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. Doesn't know he's more than Ken Barlow, I think, hasn't he? I know. <laughs> but actually, um, your character um, had a few of the the hunks, didn't didn't she? Over the over the years, you were there. Did I? Oh well, yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I guess I did a couple of um, a couple, and I tried it on with a few as well who were not for having it. Um, yeah, nothing really very uh, long lived. Uh, a couple of them were. They'd get with me and then, you know, they're leaving this place. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and Kelly's, Kelly's a bit heartbroken. Kelly, didn't Kelly have something to do with Liam? He was a bit of a heartthrob, wasn't he? Liam Connor. Uh, no, she wanted to and I thought she could, but nothing actually happened. He had something with um, Zara Abraham's character. Um, but yeah, I think she did. I did think she did really think there was something going on. Nick Tilsley, she did have something with um, Mike, Mike Barlow's, other son Mike Baldwin, um Mike Baldwin sorry yeah his his other son and a couple of other characters that that yeah like I say I was a bit like the kiss of death they kind of start a relationship with Kelly and then they're like yes yeah, see you later and Kelly's like no <laughs> but yeah she's always always left really she you know it's very rare that she dumped anybody but she was uh, she was unlucky in love wasn't she she was yeah exactly that. exactly yeah, yeah. So, but the, the one character that you did have something with on and off, I suppose, was Craig Charles's character Lloyd. And you know, how was it like? What was it like to work with with, with Craig? He, he's good fun, isn't he? I've worked with him a couple. We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it, it only takes structure, and, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, know what I mean. So do. 
do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right with this I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't lie. play with it. Play with it. No. Take that shit serious. Yeah, yeah, Craig, it's good fun. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll uh, recite poetry at you, and and you know he's got a joke. He's yeah, he, he he comes to set, you know, in a good in a good frame of mind, you know, happy and happy to chat and. um and get on with it and he knows his stuff you know it's uh it's just yeah he's he's a natural he's a great actor and and he was a great person to to bounce off and stuff yeah yeah and great there were some serious stories weren't there there wasn't the one story in particular where race came into it in terms of your character and how i think there was one bit where your character thought that she'd been attacked or something because of the because you're right because of race do you remember that i do remember somebody calling me something yeah and i remember how i'm yeah i remember i think they i don't know if they called me a monkey or something and and i think she um called her a monkey even and i think i remember there being a real uproar when it was one of those where she had to be calmed down yeah yeah there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of that and um part of me was kind of pleased because i didn't want to be sort of you know the token brown face in the yeah, show, and and it all be about race. This is Kelly. She's she's the brown girl. She's black. She she suffers with racism. This is an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like can, that there wasn't. You can, can get tokenistic, can't you? you yeah, know. a little bit. So there wasn't really a lot of that. I think times have changed. Like I say, it was a long time ago. I was in the show, yeah. and I think some sort of acknowledgement, whether it's an issue or not, you know what I mean? Whether it's batting off a comment or whether it's Kelly acknowledging who she is within society, um, yeah. you know, rather than a massive racial storyline. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's... Uh, what, what it was, was that you were mugged. You'd won, you won two and a half thousand pounds on a scratch card. Yes, I, I was mugged. I remember and that, you yeah. Mugged and, and, it, and you questioned after you were mugged that you, maybe you'd been mugged because of your race. That was where the race thing came in. Right, right. So yeah, because I remember it wasn't, it wasn't like somebody just shouted something at me. It was kind of in with something else. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. She, yeah, she was mugged, and and that was poor Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and then in two, and then in two thousand and six, your old friend who was to, about to blaze a trail on the street for several years, your old friend or Kelly's old friend, Becky Granger, uh, right? Yeah, Catherine yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she's a fantastic um, actress who's gone on to all sorts of things, hasn't she? Things yeah, absolutely. Industry. Um, but her character in in the street was particularly good. I mean, you know, some of the things she tackled were amazing. I mean, yeah, what, I uh, what she got? Had you met her before? No, no. But um, yeah, it was lovely actually. She because she she mainly just worked with me, um, and uh, and so for the first sort of couple of months, she was only supposed to stay a couple of months, you know, a couple of weeks to kind of get Kelly in trouble. But then they loved her, so she had to kind of tone down the psychotic behavior a little bit so that there's a bit more length longevity but yeah I remember working with her and just thinking and thinking especially because I didn't actually know her and we just sort of like have a chat in between takes that sometimes the character is so sort of overwhelming that you kind of you really feel you forget that that isn't who they are do you know what I mean and I would sort of I'd sort of be like oh and I'm thinking Oh God, no! That well, that's Becky. You know what I mean. You've just had like twenty minutes of a scene with them, and then you you just think, God, you know, she's crazy. 
and it really you know it really stays with you because she would actually would have such an effect and I just think oh my god this this character is is capable of anything you know yeah. she is one of those you know stick to your like glue kind of over friendly people and she really irked me and really got that made me feel that uncomfortableness that you do when somebody just stands a bit too close and they get a bit friendly and you go in hang on a minute what's yeah. going here she was brilliant she was yeah. brilliant so she was real she was actually yeah real. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got that feeling yeah and she, she in the storyline of course she ends up i think she ends up planting a kiss on lloyd doesn't she or something i think that causes a bit of a yeah yeah there was always that and then that was it then that was it we were definitely enemies um she framed me and you know, he'd stuck his stuff in my locker and, you know, I ended up going to court and things, but nobody believed me. So, yeah, we were we were firm enemies from then on. And then the uh, the, the encounter with Steve McDonald where you had the one-night stand. I mean, anything with Steve is funny, <laughs> isn't it? There's, you know, it's going to be a comedy moment to yeah. be fed with Steve McDonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the pair of us were a bit like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh no. Um. Oh dear, dear. Oh. oh. No, this is rubbish, I'm sorry. Um, un unexplored brains? Mm. Oh, okay. I know it's not the answer. Oh, oh well, I never. I'd, it's a bit too highbrow for me. And it's back. The Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month Series 5 with the first specialist subject, the carry-on films. I can't wait. Oh, matron. Plus, we've a very special surprise involving a new role for a massive legend of soap. It's all to come this autumn and winter, only on Distinct Nostalgia. Oh, that's amazing. Thanks very much. Make sure you tell your friends about us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we'd be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcast. New to distinct nostalgia. Dale. How the hell did I end up here? Based on a true story. What choice do you have? Tell the world that Rock Hudson is gay? You're a good-looking kid. I don't have anyone else on my books like you. How about I start to represent you? A moving 40-minute drama based on the life and career of Rock Hudson. Yes! Good boy. You just made the best decision of your life. Written by Tim Fountain and starring Michael Xavier and Betty Bourne. Rock! Rock? Strong. Masculine. Rock Fitzgerald? Matt Fitzgerald. Sounds Irish. Nebraska, Washington, Hudson. Hudson. What about Rock Hudson? Get your coat on. I'm going to introduce Rock Hudson to Hollywood. Listen here on the Distinct Nostalgia podcast or go to distinctnostalgia.com. we got to do something about your voice, kid. We're going to snap your vocal cords. What? Ah! Uh... Ah! Uh... Louder! Uh... Rock. 
Winner of the BBC's first ever online audio drama award. Look, Dale, I'm dying of this godforsaken disease and pretty soon thousands, maybe millions, will die the same way. Obviously, you worked with people who arrived after you, actually, I think, because you, you started mm-hmm. in 2004, didn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. So people like, um, who've become mainstays now, <laughs> but you were there for people arriving like Alison King, who play who plays Carla Connor, weren't you? Oh, yeah, Ali King's lovely. She yeah. While you were there. So, and she yeah. became the big matriarch of the... Of the oh, I know, yeah. And she's w- wonderful, you know. She was um, a lovely actress and it was always nice doing scenes with her, but she's very funny and she was put, like, she brought a lot to the factory, even though she wasn't one of the factory girls. Yeah. You know, it was always, you know, she was always a lovely, um, a lovely, as another dynamic to the, to the, the, the you know, those, um, those times we all spent together. And great to have another strong female in the se- in the show. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. She's become, she's become one of those, hasn't she? Really? Yeah, and she was so harsh. You know, um, Carla Connor was so harsh and so like really bitchy, and and Ali's just not like that. And she would, you know, be kind of very huggy and kissy, and it would just be, you know, again very um, kind of powerful when you see her like just switch like that. Kelly also got into trouble, didn't she? She got into trouble with the law at one point as well. Yeah and uh went on probation and all the rest of it and uh i think that was the, that was the time when becky came in and i was accused of of stealing and i, I was bet she was very innocent and i remember it was all very very teary and very scary um but I, I think what it was one of the things and we used to laugh about it if anyone did anything or was a little bit gobby and uh you know whoever it was if, if brad's character was like right you're fired then a couple of times they'd be like, well, you fire, fire her, you fire all of us, go on strike. And it's like, all right, come on back and you get your job back. And we must have done this like two, three, four, to like, and then I think it got to the point where they were like, oh, we all having to go on strike for you, Kelly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're always on strike. Right, everybody out. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I think it got to that point when Ken Kelly's character basically said, um, you know, I don't care what you think or whether you, you know, you believe me. She did something for law. She stole some documents for Nick Tilsley. She thought she was doing the right thing. He didn't really love her. He was using her. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those where she went, no, actually, that's it. And I think they were all really grateful. I didn't want to go, yeah, camp out for me, get my job back. And that's when well, that, she said, I've had enough of this to in and fro in and fro That all, all, that one out, all out thing obviously goes back, <laughs> yeah. to, the, back to the days of Ivy, because she was at that all Exactly, yeah, yeah. Stop, yeah. Stuart, stop, Stuart. Was, uh, was Sally the, uh, sort of a linchpin of the factory while you were there? Yeah, oh, Sally was ace, and it was, you know what, it was, I just remember long hours and hours in that factory um chatting to her about our families and you know and and funny things and yeah oh she was wonderful she was great and again you know such a an annoying busy body kind of character that you wouldn't want to be friends with and she was just so good at that and she was really like you know an easy target for the girls to to make fun of but um yeah in real life nothing like that one thing I just wanted to ask is, do the, do the sewing machines actually work? No, they don't. No needles, don't work. It's all <laughs> all put over afterwards, all the noise. <laughs> It'll be hell, could you imagine? All that noise trying to trying to uh, have a laugh. <laughs> so you have to pretend to be able to sew things then, basically. Yeah, you just sort of run your hands along. I mean, t- you're talking most of the time. You're stopping and talking and... Do you know what I mean? And I could sew, so sometimes I'd get a needle and thread out and then I was doing stuff. We yeah. putting them in boxes in like 
ones and twos <laughs> do you know what I mean like you really have to sort of think about what you are actually doing and just sort of you know get on with it but yeah there was and lots Kirk, of jobs to get on with and Kirk arrived in his job while you were there was he was he working there by the time he was uh, I think so. What was he? What was he doing there? He's still there now. He just basically does the does the stuff in the warehouse side of things. You know? Yeah, he might have done actually, because I, I do remember him being there. Oh, he's a, he's a great guy, Andy, and he was always a lovely character, Kirk. He's Amazing. been in it a long time now, actually. I know, I know. He's a he's a real cornerstone of the show. He's fab. So, just one final question, because I know you need to go. Why did you decide to to leave? Um, it's it, lots of reasons. A mixture. I'd been there five and a half, six years. Um, like I said, I trained in musicals, I sang, I danced, you know, there were some shows I really wanted to do, which I did do, which was wonderful. Um, I wanted to do plays, I wanted to do other characters in TV. Um, it's a great opportunity and it's a, it's a great life in, in certain ways. Um, I wasn't really doing a lot of what I wanted to do so much at Corrie, do you know what I mean? Um, I would have liked Kelly to have explored other sides of her life and, you know, things like that, which, you know, maybe if I had stayed, we would have done. But um, yeah, I think I just, I just really wanted a change. And I think a part of it, I just wanted my life back a little bit. I wanted to be able to step back from the street and be like, no, I'm, I'm not her anymore. You know, let me go to the post office. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me just, you know, stand at the bar quietly. And um, that took a little while to uh, actually achieve. But yeah, it just, just to, um, just, just, do what I always said I wanted to do, which was, you know, do lots of different things in my career. Well, looking back on it, it was well worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I, um, I started it at the right time. I left at the right time. You know, I started at a time when it was just, a, like I say, an absolute whirlwind. It was literally like Disneyland for me when I, was, I hadn't got a penny to my name. You know, I was like, I'd done a tiny bit of TV. Um, and then, you know, I left at a time I was, you know, I, I got married and I was moving to London and I was getting lots of different opportunities. And yeah, and just explored all of that, you know, all about for 10 years. It's just it's fab. Brilliant. And would you go back? I mean, not today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, never say never. I, I always said the plan wasn't, I didn't leave in order to go back. Um but yeah, I think I think your life changes. You know, I've got um, a little boy now, and and I've 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 lived in London. I've lived back in Manchester. We might still live back in London. You know, I've done different kind of work. I'm doing more voiceover work now. I've got my own studio at home. You know, life moves on and it it changes. And there might be a time when um, there might be a time when um, that is something that's uh, suitable. But um, yeah, there might be a time when it's the appropriate. But um, I don't, I don't, I don't see that right now. No. Um, but yeah, it would be, it would be lovely to see Kelly go back. I would want to watch Kelly. I'd want to sit and watch the TV and watch her go back and see what she gets up to. Definitely. Yeah. Cause she was, she was a memorable character. She was one of those characters you look forward to seeing. Cause you knew when you saw Kelly, you knew there was going to be a bit of fun on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And I always um, felt that it was, uh, it was always nice. And it, and you know, when you didn't have a lot to do and you had a few lines, you think, oh, what can I do with this? You yeah. know? put a funny hat on or whatever or do a daft walk you know it was yeah it was always nice to um to bring something out and the, the writing's incredible so there was always a lot to play with thank you very much indeed for talking to us oh, no worries Asha. nice to speak to you
You're listening to Distinct Nostalgia, home to some incredible interviews with stars from all your favourite soaps. If you enjoyed today's episode, why not head over to distinctnostalgia.com for a treasure trove of programmes just like this. Lisa Williamson of Hollyoaks fame talks about life on the programme. So we all got to know each other quite well. If you were chatting to some of the writers about something you've been getting up to, they would sort of write that in. So you started realising that some of your personality traits would come into the show. And I got the script and I thought, what have I been up to? I got pregnant. I had the child adopted. It was, you know, and you just think, wow, the writers have really gone to town for me today. You know, it's, it was great, fantastic. Andrew Linford and Mark Homer reflect on sharing their first kiss on EastEnders in the 1990s. When the, the Blackpool episode came out, front page of the tabloids, it was like, get this scum off our TV and things like that. Just horrendous stuff. It, it was kind of the start of, of, of a big thing, really, and we're privileged to be involved in, in storylines like that, I really am. And Nick Cochran discusses his life on the street as we continue our celebration of Corrie at 60. They were just brilliant with us, you know, because we were a couple of little sh- who've fortunately found the way into the TV's biggest show without really knowing what they're doing. That's bottom line, that's where me and Simon were at that point. Myself and Simon are old school people. We were brought up properly, mate, and, and so there was a lot of respect then, more than there is now. These programmes and many more are available at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. And if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.